This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week seven in the NFL, the weeks of the NFL fly faster than any sport in the Americas. And when I say the Americas, I'm talking about Latin America. I'm talking about any sport that you can think of. The NFL, I think because it's covered so intensely and broken down so much. Not to mention that it's only 17 weeks, but... In those 17 weeks, it it almost seems like you get a year's length of action, movement, uh, drama, storylines, and it goes by extremely fast. Week seven shaped up as a week with not a lot of, um, not a a lot of highlights in terms of games outside of the Dolphins-Eagles game, which ended up being a dud, but it ended up clearing up some things for a lot of people and now week eight when you look ahead has a lot of nice 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 matchups and a lot of games that are going to basically end seasons or give others some hope but before we get started lucimer auto body Lucimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com today or call them at 973-824-0113. Triangle Link. Triangle Link is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at trianglelink.com or call them at one 800 524-1592. The Sergio Rodriguez picks, by the way, this week, 3-2-1. We are moving along, uh, coming off what was our only losing week of the uh, of the season last week, uh, or two weeks ago. We come back this week, we go 3-2-1. 27, 18, and 3 this year. Nine games over 500. If we just go one game over the rest of the way, we're probably going to end up 20 games over 500, which, again, is phenomenal because we're about at the 70-point mark, at the 70-game mark right now in the four years of the Sergio Rodriguez show. We're probably about 70 games over 500, which is phenomenal. But... Let's get started with last Thursday's game. And, and you know, it's funny because there were a lot of buys, so the slate is not that big. But the, and like I said, the matchups were a little weird, but there were some decent moments on Sunday. The Jaguars 31-24 over the Saints. That started the week last Thursday. Jaguars are now 5-2. and two. The Saints, who I believe, should be a little bit better or further ahead in the schedule. I believe now get that reprieve and we'll go on that run that we were waiting for. The next couple of weeks for them, Colts, 
Bears, Vikings, and Falcons. They they do get two of those games on the road. I'm sorry, they get three of those games on the road. But, but, they are good enough to go two and two in those games. They got to do a little bit more offensively through the air. You know, I thought they were going to be a little bit more explosive with Carr under center. They're just, I don't know if he's still learning some of the intricacies and, uh, you know, there's no such thing as plug and play in the NFL at the quarterback position because everything's so much uh, timing and, 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 and movements. But there's something not right right now with them. And the rest of the schedule after that, they do have the Lions, but Panthers, Giants, Rams, Bucks. I mean, they have an opportunity to win those games. But at three and four right now, I'm a little disappointed in in them because I, I really felt that they would have gotten off to a little bit better start. You know, and at one point in this game, they were down 24 to nine. They did tie it at 24, um, but then they gave up a big touchdown there with about three or four minutes left in the game to Christian Kirk that won the game for the Jaguars, who are five and two, are plugging along, and with Buffalo going in the tank a bit record-wise and Miami now losing, the Jaguars can now play for the two-seed in the AFC. They really can, and keep an eye on that because that would throw a huge monkey wrench in the plans of not only Buffalo and Miami, but I think it throws a huge monkey wrench in the Chiefs' plans because then that means the Chiefs are probably going to end up playing Buffalo or Miami early in the playoffs. Now, Miami is an interesting case, and we're going to speak about them in a little bit. The Browns, 39-38 over the Colts. Horrendous call in that game. The Colts should have won that game. There was a horrendous call on what was going to end the game, essentially end the game. They called a basically a roughing the passer type play. Uh, they called, I'm not, I'm not a roughing the passer. They called an illegal contact play on a play where originally when I saw the flag, I thought they were going to call a roughing the passer, but it wasn't. And they called an illegal contact play, which kept the drive alive. And a couple of plays later, Cleveland scored and basically put that game away, which saved, I don't want to say saved their season in terms of, because that that division is going to be very up and down the rest of the, the rest of the year. I always tell you guys the Ravens are frauds. Cincinnati has just not been healthy all year. So I don't know if that if anyone in that division is going to get away from it. But they put themselves dead smack in that in that race and it kind of killed the Colts who although they lost their quarterback, they were still staring at being 4 and 3, 
four and three with the Saints, Panthers, Patriots, Bucks, and Titans coming up. So that one call changed the landscape of a lot of playoffs teams or would-be playoff teams in the AFC or possibly could. Because if the Colts get involved in the mix, December could be a very fun month in the AFC. And we thought it was going to be reverse. You see, we thought we were going to get that type of action in the NFC based on the lack of quarterback play. But what's happening is the parity is shaping up in the AFC after the Chiefs. Interesting, interesting turn of events this year. And that's why football is the best because the storylines are incredible. Now, I will give you one storyline from this game. Deshaun Watson stinks. And I've been saying that for the last couple of years. And I got a lot of pushback. Now, I was saying this when he was still in Houston. I told people that he was an above-average quarterback who put up very good stats playing indoors, playing in a terrible division, and winning a lot of games that realistically were, how can I put this? They were they were games that he was a favorite in and were supposed to win. How's that? That's probably the best way to put it. As soon as now he comes to Cleveland, rough division, outdoors, everyone's just as good as who you're playing. A lot of his stats were window dressing stats, similar to Dak Prescott. Up a bunch early, don't do anything for the last two quarters, or don't do anything early and throw for 300 from the mid-third on. That's what he was, a fantasy football, a red zone quarterback. And that's what people saw. They'd watch the red zone, and they would constantly watch him and he throws another touchdown pass. And guys love him in fantasy because he would put, and they think that that's translating into his play. Worst kind of quarterbacks to have. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. The worst. Gotta pay him like they're elite. And they and they're just not that good. They're just not that good. And you're seeing it because he's about. Now, we understand that he makes a lot of money. But I'm going to tell you that he is another bad performance away from losing his job to P.J. Walker. The Patriots, 29-25 over Buffalo. Give the Patriots credit. They continue to play hard for Belichick. And that's the mark. You know, everybody keeps saying that Belichick's done. He might have to leave, blah, 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 blah. Look, he's going to leave on his own because he's the greatest coach of this generation might be of all time. No one's firing Bill Belichick. But I would tell you that if I felt that team quit on him, I would tell you he's got to go. 
He doesn't have to leave because he's lost his fastball or lost the team. He's got to leave because, like Pat Riley once said, sometimes your message just falls on deaf ears based on the fact that you've been there too long. Right? Sometimes you just got to switch it up. Or get yourself an elite-level quarterback, which is hard in the NFL. Because all of a sudden, the message will get across. Because that's just the way the NFL is. That's a terrible loss by Buffalo, who goes to 4-3 and three now. And Buffalo's schedule, Buffalo's schedule is not an easy one in terms of getting to that 12-win mark, which they probably need to get a one or a two seed. Definitely the 11 mark, but possibly the 12. Because you're only going to get one bye now with the seven teams making the playoffs. And Kansas City, who I expected to be under that 11, 11 and a half win mark, has stolen two games this year. And it's going to make it really tough for anybody else to get that one seed. But look at Buffalo's schedule. Bucks, Bengals, Broncos. They should go 3-0, and but that Bengals game is on the road. Jets, Eagles, Chiefs. You could go 1-2 and two in that stretch. Particularly with the Eagles and the Chiefs being on the road. And then you have the Cowboys. Now, you do get them at home, and the Cowboys, any given time, can be frauds, but the fact is that Buffalo has proven they can be fraudulent. Terrible loss. The Giants, 14-7 over the Commanders. Really nothing even to say about that game. Barkley fumbled towards the end. Would have sealed the game. The commanders are just terrible. You know, the funny thing is that I keep on hearing that Rivera's going to be out and that the offensive coordinator, Biennemi, who has been rumored to be a head coach for what seems like the last 10 years and can't get a job, and I keep on telling everybody, no one's hiring that guy. No one's going to hire him. He's a bad interviewer with a checkered past. No one's going to hire that guy to be the CEO of their program or their organization. But then on top of that, they're giving up about seven or eight sacks a game. The offense is, you scored seven points against the Giants. Seven. So that's not the, that's not the solution to the Ron Rivera problem. So I don't want to hear that. And I got to have Lake Lewis on who does a phenomenal job for the Sports Journey Network covering the commanders and everything Washington football because he's one of those guys that's beating that drum now. But I want to find out if they're beating the drum because he's a minority coach who they want to finally get that chance or because they really believe that he's going to be able to turn around what's going on in Washington. Ravens 38-6 over the Lions. The Lions were due to lay an egg, and they did, and the Ravens, to their credit, were there 
to make it happen. Lamar played well early, and he put the Lions in a hole. They just could not get out of in the NFL. You have those games. You know, the funny thing is that Goff completed 33 passes in that game, but really, they really could not move the ball. Lamar, 21 for 27, 357 and three touchdowns. Good performance for those frauds. And listen, perfect example of who they are, right? They will be in Arizona this week after that type of performance. Watch and see how that turns out. They're probably going to be, and we'll notice this when we read the lines later, they're probably going to be at least a touchdown favorite in that game. You watch. I can guarantee you, mid-fourth quarter, that is a one-possession game, and don't be shocked if it's a one-possession game with Arizona and the ball. I mean, that's just the way the Ravens are. The Bears, 30-12 to of the Raiders. Ho-hum game. If you're Justin Fields, be a little careful of how the tide turns if the Bears win another game while you're not playing, particularly particularly because the schedule is manageable. But just be careful because you could start getting a little quarterback controversy and getting some pushback from the fans who originally thought you were going to be the answer. Atlanta gets a nice win on the road at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay who a couple of weeks ago was playing really well, has now lost two in a row at home to Detroit and to Atlanta, and now they have to go on the road for three in a row, or for two in a row, before they get back home to play Tennessee. But very disappointed also in Atlanta. And look, there's been a lot of unders this year in football. The offense has not been really clicking for a lot of these teams. Not some of these teams. A lot of these teams. I thought Atlanta would do a little bit more. Robinson didn't really play much in this game. and they But they still ran the ball to the tune of 156 yards. You got to do a little bit more offensively. Atlanta's got weapons. But a lot of these teams are struggling. I don't know. Look, I think what you're seeing is a lot of inconsistent quarterback play from the pocket. As the league has gone to a more mobile quarterback, you're not getting those chunk plays. What you're getting is a lot of keep drive alive plays with a third and three. But teams having to have these seven, seven, nine, 12 play drives to score is becoming very um is becoming very prevalent because they're not making plays from the pocket anymore. And so what's happening is when you're playing these long drives, all it takes is one penalty, one bat, one missed block and it kills these drives and you're not getting a lot of points. The Steelers 24-17 over the Rams, the Rams with another opportunity or with an opportunity to go to four and three, blow it. And, you know, every week it seems like the Steelers lose and you look up and they're four and two. Because they just, it, it, they don't play well. They're, they're, they're not sharp. Again, 
you watch if you didn't if i wasn't directly involved in this and you just ask people who watch football um sporadically week to week but aren't really invested they would tell you the steelers are two and four a hundred percent they would tell you the steelers are two and four and they figure out a way to stay and hang around and they're four and two and dead smack in the middle of the race in that division with average quarterback play at this point because they're not doing much on offense but that's a good win because the Rams, the Rams have been playing a lot better and have been do, better than we thought they were going to be this year. Let's be clear on that one. Better than we thought they were going to be this year. And we, I definitely did think the Rams would handle the Steelers at home. And now they have to go on the road and play the Cowboys. The Seahawks, 20-10 to 10 over Arizona. Ho-hum game, nothing much to talk about there. The Seahawks figure out a way to get the job done. You basically survive in advance in a game like that. They go to 4-2. The Seahawks are giving now, we're given now an, a, a huge opportunity off the 49ers loss to stay in the race. And now they're, Really? It could set up nice for them between now and the time that they play the 49ers four weeks from now at home. Browns, Ravens, Washington, and the Rams. Go three and go three and one in those games. And that game against the 49ers is going to have a lot of juice. Broncos 19-17 over the Packers. Another boring game. Now, I will tell you where I think I might have been wrong early this year. I came on the air and I told you guys that the Packers had found their quarterback for the next 10 years with Jordan Love. I'm not going to drop everything on his feet. But there's a lot of... I finally got a chance to watch a full uninterrupted game, right? Because when I watch these games, I'm fast-forwarding a play here, there. I try to get through them. Missing a lot of receivers. He does look competent in the pocket. But right now, him and LaFleur are not on the same page. Not on the same page. I need to see a lot from Jordan Love these next eight or nine weeks before, if I'm Green Bay, before I just hand him the keys to the car for next year again. Now, I'm not going to sell, me personally, I'm not going to sell my Jordan Love stock. I do believe he's got some talent. But you got to start showing it a little bit better in these games. Got to start showing it. Because Denver's a bad team, and you went on the road in a very winnable game and lost it in a game where your defense only gave up 19 points. The Chiefs, 31-17 over the Chargers. You expected the Chiefs to win. What I didn't expect was 
for that game to be so low scoring. Ironically, it came out of the shoot because it was one of the Sergio Rodriguez plays. The over was the play. There were 41 points at the half. 41. There was only one touchdown the whole second half. One. So it ended up being a push. At halftime, I was counting that as a win for the Sergio Rodriguez show. And it ended up being it ended up being a push. Kansas City now is six and one in the uh Taylor Swift era. So Again, I had them as an under this year. I thought that they were going to struggle. I I still don't like their receivers. I guess when you have a a tight end like Kelsey, you have to factor him into that. But where are the six losses that I would need or five losses that I would need to keep them under that 11 and a half? Let me see their schedule. At Broncos, no. Dolphins at home. The Dolphins, it, it, that's actually that game is actually overseas, not even at home. But the Dolphins have proven to be a little fraudulent, and I'm going to tell you something about them. The Eagles, but they get them at home. At the Raiders, at the Packers, the Bills, they get them at home. At the Patriots, home to the Raiders, home to the Bengals, at the chart. These guys are going to win 13 games. That's terrible. That's terrible that they're going to let the Chiefs. The NFL is going to let the Chiefs win 13 games. These teams are going to let the Chiefs win 13 games with that receiving core and that defense, which, by the way, hasn't been that bad this year. But that Jaguars game is the big one. That turned their season around. They should have lost to the Jaguars. Probably should have lost to the Jets. And the Vikings turned the ball over a million times. Unbelievable. The Eagles 31-17 over the Dolphins. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Dolphins are as fraudulent as the Giants were last year. And I'm not going to, or the Vikings. And I'm not going to sit here, but definitely the Giants. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're as fraudulent as the Ravens are historically. But let's get one thing straight here. The teams that the Dolphins have beaten this year have a combined eight wins. If I'm not mistaken, they're eight and 24, 25, something like that. The two teams that they've played, the Bills, and the Eagles, who we who we would consider competent, top-of-the-line NFL teams, right? Teams that are at the level where most people would try to put the Dolphins. They've gotten beat to the tune of 79 to 37 in two games. Granted, both on the road, but you got to be better if you're going to tell me that you're an elite team that can contend for a Super Bowl. The fact is, what I'm seeing here is a team that will use its offense to bully bad teams 
and will struggle against the good teams. And the schedule coming up for them in the next two months is easy. Pats at home, Raiders at home, Jets, Washington, Titans, Jets again. They're going to win their games. But be careful of that first playoff game and that line that Vegas puts out because they're going to beg you to bet the Dolphins. But just keep an eye on them, not how they win these games. Keep an eye on them when they play the Cowboys. Keep an eye on them when they play the Bills. Those are the games that you got to watch. Keep an eye on them when they play the Chiefs. Because they're trending. They're trending to be to have a plus minus of over half a century against good teams for the season. Hell, at this pace, they're trending to be over 90 or minus 90. Just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. The Vikings 22 to 17 over the 49ers. Give credit to the Vikings. And listen, this is a perfect example of how the NFL humbles you. Two weeks ago, we watched the 49ers beat the hell out of the Cowboys on national TV. That Monday, they crowned the 49ers. Since then, Samuel gets hurt against the Browns. They end up, they miss field goals in that game. They end up losing to Cleveland. They go to Minnesota. They're not sharp. Fumble away early. That game turned early. They get a turnover. They're going in. Bang, McCaffrey fumbles. Kept Minnesota in the game. A couple of lucky plays here and there, particularly the last one at the end of the half with Jordan Addison. And before you know it, they are 5-2. and two on a two-game losing streak with two really hard games coming up. One at home and one on the road. Bengals at home is not going to be easy, especially coming off the bye. And then you have to travel to Jacksonville. The 49ers are on notice right now. They're on notice. The Sergio Rodriguez gambling portion of the show right now. Actually, we're going to go through it. But you know what? Before we do that, kudos to the Sergio Rodriguez show. A couple of months ago, I put uh, I, I mentioned something on, on my show. I was doing a couple of interviews, and my guys actually put the promo up where I was talking about Texas and Arizona being the two teams that I was the most impressed with in July around the All-Star break. Fast forward to today, those two teams are going to be playing for the World Series. Both teams that were ahead 3-2 blew the 3-2 series. Both lost both games 
at home. Kudos to Texas, who figure out a way to get it done without the Grom and with Scherzer on his last legs. And kudos to Arizona, Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, those kids, Cattell Marte, who's the MVP, those guys played hard, competed, and went into a very hostile environment in Philadelphia and got it done and figured out a way to control how to control uh, Bryce Harper and Schwarber the last two games. The Sergio Rodriguez gambling portion of this program is sponsored by Stan Sports Center. Stan Sports Center is your local full-service authorized team dealer for all of your favorite sports brands. Family-owned and operated, Stan's has proudly supplied apparel, uniforms, equipment, varsity jackets, and much more for the entire tri-state area since 1946. Find them online at stansportctr.com and contact them today for your sporting goods needs. Stan Sports Center. To my guy Dan that Sergio sent you. All right, let's go. Let's go down the list of these games this week. Let's see what we got. Let's see what jumps out. Thursday night, we get Buffalo. Buffalo, two weeks in a row. Buffalo, eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Totals 42-and-a-half. Two straight weeks in a row. They were bad against the Giants on offense. They were bad this week against the Patriots. I expect an explosion of points from Buffalo. They will score at least 35. Book that one. The Colts are minus one. The total's 44. See, I would like the Colts better if they were a dog in this game, even if they were only getting one. I'm not sure how I feel about them being a one-point favorite. That's a game I wouldn't touch, but if I had to, it would be the Saints. Jacksonville's a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Pittsburgh. The total's 42. The line makes no sense to me. Give me Pittsburgh in that game if I'm going to make a play. Houston's a three-point favorite on the road at Carolina. The total's 43. Carolina's the play. Philadelphia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. The total's 43-and-a-half. That line makes no sense to me. That line should be closer to eight or nine. What that tells me is Washington is the play in that game. Dallas, six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The total's 45-and-a-half. That's a game you don't touch. Miami is a nine and a half point favorite at home. The total's 47 against the Patriots. What have we been telling you? Miami beats teams they should beat handily. Now, this is a divisional game, but I still expect them to handle their business. The Jets are a three point favorite. I, do you really say the Giants are at home? I mean, it's a, it's a giant ticket crowd. But both teams are at home. The Jets are a three-point favorite, and the total's 36-and-a-half. The Jets are a better team. The Giants' defense has been playing better the last couple of weeks. I mean, the total's 36-and-a-half. That's like an Iowa-Minnesota-type total in college football. Uh, what they're telling you is both quarterbacks are going to have trouble moving the ball here. You, This is going to be decided by a field goal or a bad turnover, um, stay away from that game. Atlanta's a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Tennessee. The total's 36. Again, 
The totals this year have been down because teams are struggling scoring. I like Tennessee in that game. The Vikings and the Packers are a pick em. The total's 43. I like Green Bay at home. Although I would tell you that the fact that they're a pick em, Vegas is telling you that Minnesota is a better team because you get the three points just for being at home. But keep an eye on that one. I personally believe when this game closes, Green Bay might be like a one or a two, or Minnesota will be a one or a two point favorite which was going to lead me to take the home team and the points. Seattle's a three-point favorite at home. The total's 39.5 against Cleveland. I like Seattle in that game. Too many quarterback issues for Cleveland for them to win consistently. Kansas City's an eight-point favorite on the road at Denver. The total's 46. Divisional game, a lot of points. Stay away from that. San Francisco's a five and a half point favorite. The total's 45 at home against the Bengals. That's a lot of points right now for, to lay with a 49ers team. I'm going to take the, I would take the Bengals off the bye and take the five and a half. Baltimore's an eight and a half point favorite on the road against Arizona. I am betting Arizona all day in this game. All day. All day. The Chargers are an eight and a half point favorite at home. The totals 46 and a half. The Bears, I've given the Bears the last two weeks. They let me down with the Vikings. They did come through against the Raiders. I expect the Chargers to feast on the Bears. And then the Monday night game, Detroit is an eight point favorite at home against Vegas. I expect Detroit to come back and be strong after the offensive performance that they had this week. Remember, the Sergio Rodriguez picks, we post them every week before Sunday. Sometimes we go Saturday. If there's a Thursday game, we'll put it out Thursday morning. Sometimes maybe Friday, Saturday. Depends. Sometimes the lines are moving too much, and we're waiting to get something closer to what it's going to be on game day for you guys. Remember that you've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other.